Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. You're listening to the Kings Cast Podcast. New episodes are released weekly. Follow on Twitter and Instagram at KingsCast, like on Facebook, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Cast with Eric and Ryan. This is your weekly Sacramento Kings podcast for Kings fans by Kings fans. As always, this episode is brought to you by Ziggy Smoke Shop. You can follow Ziggy Smoke Shop on Instagram at Ziggy Smoke Shop 209. They have locations in Stockton and Tracy. Uh, we are coming off of a super fun episode just the other day where Ryan and I, I think we went pretty hard in on Buddy Heal. So, if you haven't checked out our latest episode, the conspiracy, the Kingsland conspiracy, and the defense of Buddy Hill, go ahead and check that out. Um, you can find our entire show catalog streaming wherever you find your podcast. So, we got a pretty cool episode today because we have a special guest in to the podcast. So it's going to be a fun conversation from another friends out there in Kingsland. But before we do that, I'm going to bring in my co-host Ryan. Was good. Hey, what's going on? Uh, two pods in one week, so that's pretty special. Uh, really excited about today's podcast. Like Eric said, we got somebody coming in. Um, should be a lot of fun. Uh, other than that, it's been a normal week. I got some baby photos for the new son today that I'm doing after this, so uh, that's supposed to be uh, real fun. Uh, I'm paying somebody a lot of money to come to my house and take photos of my kids. So um, yeah, got that going on. Other than that, let's get it done today. Yeah, and also Ryan and I played probably one of the worst fucking rounds of golf yesterday that we've played in 10 years. Um, Yeah, it was pretty bad. So we figured we'd share that to everybody else. But uh, really today, uh, we've been mentioning the um, Facebook group Sacramento Kings Bench Mob over the last couple episodes. We found them about a month ago and Ryan and I have been active in there and uh, definitely know people have been listening. So we've been getting some feedback. So if you're in the Bench Mob, shout out to you guys. We appreciate the interactions. We appreciate the listens. But today we brought in the Facebook groups, bench mobs, page moderator, admin. I, I'm not sure what the role is, but KC Yost, welcome to Kang's Cast. Uh, thanks for joining us. Thanks for the support over the last month, brother. Uh, we're glad to have you. What's good, man? Uh, what's up, guys? No, I appreciate you having me on. No, it's been fun to to tune in and listen to you guys. I think that there is a lack of, of good quality podcasts out there that the Kings fans can listen to with unbiased opinions. And and to me, you guys have been one, so I've enjoyed tuning in. I've, I'm, a, I'm a new listener, so I'll probably listen to four or five episodes, but it's it's more content that we can talk about on the, the Facebook group and dive into Kings stuff, and I'm always open to do that. So I appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah, thanks, man. And like I said, we we you know we were talking pre-show, and and we were telling you, you know, Ryan and I are just fans, and and that's why kind of our tagline for the show is uh, for the fans by the fans, because we want to kind of represent uh, the takes that are out there in Kingsland, and that's why we were super excited to find your page, uh, was because there's a lot of people that just interact interact on there. 
Um, there's, there's, it's constantly active. People reply. There's a lot of good takes. There are a lot of bad takes, but it's, you know, you could kind of get to see all ends and it's been a great place to just kind of everybody could come together. Um, tell if you could, cause you know, we don't really, what made you start this page? What a little bit about it? Like how'd you get that thing going and build quite a bit of a community? Yeah, it's been, it's been a fun journey with it really. Um, you know, stemming back to two years ago, the most I got to talk about Kings was in group chats with other Kings fans. That's, that's where I was able to talk about the Kings. And I started to look on Facebook, look on Twitter for, for areas that Kings fans can talk. And there's just not a lot out there. Right. So I joined probably the five or six Kings group on Facebook and, and started posting a lot of Kings content. You know, certain groups are, are different about, you know, how they interact with people. Some people are uh, wanting to put you down about your opinion and, um, I came across the bench mob. I actually, I didn't create it. Blake Westcott created it when I found it. It had about 200 members, I think, and um, joined that group and started making content every day and, and got it up to, I think, what it's almost 800 now. Um, and, and, and the goal of the group, guys, it's really to be able to post King's content and not have a toxic culture in there, right? Like, like I mentioned, some of the other groups, it's it's all negative stuff. And we our goal is to try to regulate that as much as possible and allow Kings fans to come in and share their opinions without getting ripped in half by other Kings fans. And we feel that the group has done a pretty good job of that. Uh, and th that's been our goal the entire time. So it's, it's been awesome. I, I absolutely love it. I'm somebody that makes multiple posts a day. So it's, it's been a nice Kings fix for me. Yeah, that's cool. And, and you, and that was probably, you know, cause I, the same thing, right? I was Kings Twitter was getting dead. Um, I wasn't getting people reply to us on there and I was looking for something and I was never really a Facebook group user. Um, and I came across a bunch of different Facebook groups and I joined them and I wasn't really a fan. It was like, you're talking about either people were really not knowledgeable and it, I wasn't getting that value back. Um, or it was a lot of, you know, people putting each other down to make their points. And that's the cool thing about the bench mob is that clearly a lot of people disagree on there. Like I, people have disagreed with me, you know, you've disagreed, everybody has, but it seems to keep uh, pretty level and respectful. And it does really seem like at the end of the day, everybody is a fan and, and, and respects each other. Um, and it's been really cool for me because, um, you know, right now we, we're not going to games. You know, I live here uh, right off downtown Sacramento. I like to go down downtown watch games at a bar restaurant i like to go to the arena be be around and i'm not seeing people so it's kind of a cool community that you've built what what do you think is the reason that that thing stays so positive in a in a time where social media and shit is just toxic what 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 about the mob is has have you guys done to keep it that way yeah you know i think it's credit to the admins and moderators that we have and that, that blake has been able to set up since the group started it's it's just something that we've talked about internally we have a um, a, a chat on the side on Facebook that, that talks about these things, right? We want to remove people that are coming in and continuously putting fans down or um, just hating on people's opinions. That's, that's not what it's about. If, if that's what you want to do, you know, we'll give you a strike. And then, you know, you keep repeating it. We're just going to remove you from the group. And the issue with the other groups is those people, you know, that attitude's contagious. People come in and they start, you know, hating on opinions and, and not letting people talk. It, other people seem to think that that's okay. And, if you don't really remove it right away, then it, it just spreads. And I think we've done a really good job of, of keeping good people in and allowing them to, to voice their opinion. Because if you, if you let those other people 
you know, shout over them, then those people are going to say, well, I can't, I can't talk then. And then it's all bad and negative. Um, so I think it's just been a regulation kind of thing. Yeah. And I want to give that shout out to Blake as well. Cause I know he, he's a moderator admin on there and I've, I've talked with him. He's been complimentary of the podcast. So we appreciate you, Blake and shout out to you. I, I had put the, the invite to, to you guys. Um, once I kind of started getting active in on there and interacting with you guys and kind of figured out what was going on, but he, he, it seemed like he was, he, I want to say he said something like he's not really the type to do a podcast. So he kind of declined, but he, he, he was definitely for the support, but you know, I want definitely glad that you brought up Blake and we want to make sure he gets that credit as well. Um, Another thing I wanted to kind of transition our conversation into uh, kind of King's media and stuff. And King, because King's media, I think is a little bit, um, I don't know. It's a little bit different because it's, it's a small market. Uh, there's not too many outlets. Um, it seems to us that maybe commentators and radio people sometimes hold back or aren't as critical. And I, I don't know, there's we, Ryan and I really have kind of this opinion of Kings media. What, what's kind of your, your thoughts about all that? Do you follow it closely? Cause I know you, you aren't local any, uh, anymore, right? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not local anymore. I moved away about four years ago, but you know, I was a six or seven year season ticket holder before that. So I I'm familiar with all the, the media outlets for the Kings. Um, you know, I think that people, with anything with the media, right? It's just they're trying to fit into a certain criteria and, and fit to a certain, you know, fan base that's listening to them. So they, they tend to stay on one side of, of the aisle or the other, um, and, and they don't really want to vary from their opinions. Um, but there's really just not one out there that I think is a, a rock-solid, um, you know, media group for the Kings. I can't say that there's one that I listen to more than the other. Uh, I think, you know, Cowbell Kingdom is pretty good. Leo does a, does a good job with that one. Um, but other than that, you know, there's not really one that is great criteria out there. That's, that's how I feel about it. Back in the day, like, uh, so Ryan and I are brothers. That's something, I don't know if we shared that with you. So we're brothers and, and uh, we kind of grew up, little, you know, we, didn't, we weren't really, we didn't have like cable when we were younger. And so we were, we were definitely sports talk radio, like junkies at a, at a weirdly young age. Like Ryan was probably fourth, third, fourth grade. And we're listening to, to Jim Rome. We're listening to the Rise Guys on KHDK. We're staying up late. Uh, Jim Cozumore show. The lineup we've talked about on the show, the lineup was awesome back in the day. And we would just sit there and play, you know, Madden or NBA Live franchise modes and just literally just sit there and talk and talk and talk. And, and it, it happened to coincide with the Great Kings era of the early 2000s. And it was just a great time to be a fan. And um, I, I feel like they, that some of the radio and the, and the, and the I guess everybody surround the team, it's kind of lost a little bit of that. You know, I, that's how I feel. Um, you know, I, I don't know. Do you, do you think it's going to take like winning to bring it back or, or what's, what, what's going on? Because, uh, it's just a little bit different vibe, you know? No, I do. I, I think it will take winning. You know, there's so many Kings fans and as good as Kings fans are and, and as loyal as they are that are still here willing to talk about the Kings through, man, what's been a lot of losing seasons now, even more will come back out when we start winning and, and that'll drive a, a demand for, for these things to pick back up. I agree with that. Yeah. <clears throat> well, even so, though, you know, it, at the end of the day, people still show up to, to the Golden One Center. Um, you know, downtown's always cracking. So, you know, I think that's the big thing is there's so much pride. I mean, I being here in, in SAC, I went to Chipotle last night and I saw a couple people, I, you know, they probably don't look like they're big sports fans, but they're all head to toe in Kings gear in freaking October, man. That's what it is out here. So it, it's it, it, there is that amongst the fan base and – 
um, I guess just tying everything together. We're real happy that we are able to be part of the community that you've built. Uh, we hope that our takes are kind of offering a little bit of value to everybody. You know, Ryan and I try to be entertaining. Uh, we try to just keep it, you know, just fun. And, and so hopefully people are enjoying what we're doing and we do appreciate that, that support uh, over the last bit. But I want to get into some of that Kings talk, man, because you took the time to come on here and we want to hear your opinions for sure. And so uh, we, gave, we gave KC guys a little bit of prep, but I think he's pretty solid. I think he's going to be able to talk, talk with us. So we're just going to go off the cuff here with a light agenda. Um, Casey, if you disagree, let us know, but Ryan will probably definitely, Ryan will definitely stand toe to toe and go, go with you and I, and definitely do the same to him. If you guys get on a, on a, uh, on something you disagree on, but, um, let's take, let's take a look, Ryan, let's hop in. Let's hop into this bogey Hill shit because, okay. So bogey, uh, bogey Hill, I said, buddy Hill, bogey Bogdanovich, Bogdanovich. Bogdanovich. All right, let's jump into that one. That's our big thing that Ryan and I have, uh, been kind of pounding the table on for the last year. Um, uh, you know, we like, we like Bogey. We like him. He's cool. He is what he is. But uh, we, we feel the Kings uh, messed up not trading him at the deadline. Um, and then now that they're stuck and they're, he's in a restricted phrase, we don't feel that he should be overpaid. So I've said I will accept a deal at around 14.00 or lower. Ryan has extended his to 14.9 or lower. But he, Ryan says if he goes to 15, he's out. Um, so that's kind of where we stand. We like him. We hope they can take him, but realistically he turned down a deal that probably was around 13 to 14 million already. So he's probably looking to something higher reports came out yesterday from the Milwaukee bucks. They're looking at him. He, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. So what, uh, what's your take, I guess, on him. So I think you guys are generous with the 14, man. I, I did a recent write up where I was looking at the salary cap and, and what kind of options we have. Um, going into next season, we have like 96 million tied up in the cap already. You know, the the cap for next season, as it stands right now, is 125 million. So there's there's really like 30 million that we're looking at to tie next year with five open roster spots. So you know that has made me look at what we what should we sign Bogey to that is really going to be something that's beneficial to our team. And if we take advantage of some of the lower contracts with the second round picks. Um, sign a couple of those guys as well as sign in the first round pick. I, it'll probably give us about 20 million um, altogether to split between two players. Does Bogey deserve 14 million of that? I, I think we have better options out there. So, you know, I, I'm with you guys. I think that we should have traded him at the deadline and, and, and got something for him, especially when he was playing well. I still think that we should be looking to to trade him now. And there's a couple of teams out there that are willing to switch it up and are interested in Bogey that, that we can pull the trigger on and, and still trade him. I, I just don't think because he declined the deal before that he's going to accept anything less than that. He's going to try to go get more money and I can't blame him. I would, I would do the same thing. So if that's how it's going to be, we got to look to trade him and get some value back and not just let him walk away for free. Especially cause he, he isn't young. Ryan always talks about it. People think because he's, he's, it hasn't been in the NBA that long that he's young. Earlier this year, like was it Ryan like Bleacher Report or something? Remember that article where they yeah, talked about they young had, like, players? Their top, yeah, they had like their top ten like rising stars or whatever uh, for Bleacher Report, and that's like a whole big misconception about Bogdanovich is the dude's like twenty eight years old. You know, he he's not a, a young NBA player by any means. The guy didn't get come over from overseas till he was like 25 years old. So people really need to realize that's been my big point over the last year is Bogdanovich is in the prime of his career now that he's not going to improve. He had 
I think his best statistical year that he's going to have with Sacramento, you know, maybe he can go to like a Milwaukee, get a lot more open shots and average 16 or 17 a game, but he's maxed out his potential with Sacramento. So that's been my whole point about, uh, you know, people saying that we need to pay him. And then going back to your point, how you're saying we're generous with the 14 mil. And I even said 14.9 mil. I think he denied that 14 mil. I give him another 900,000 because he had his career year. And after that, you say F him, dude. That's his, you know, that's let him go because I'm looking at the free agency pool of coming up with the top 30 free agency, free top 30 free agents available. And I see five or six guys who can uh, duplicate or excuse me, replicate what Bogdanovich does for our team um, at probably around the same price. So that's, that's just my stance on it. Do you now? I, I think one thing I've said is Kent Bazemore. I liked Kent Bazemore. Kent Bazemore came on pretty cool. I think that Kent Bazemore, I don't know. I've, you know, who knows what could happen. Team could offer him. We could be way off, but I feel like they could probably get him for a lot lower and kind of, fill some of the role and the, the thing about Bazemore is I think Bazemore can play both the two and the three whereas I think Bogey's kind of very limited on where he can play he can't play he'll get ran especially in the Western Conference playing the three so I, I, I think you know investing into him is probably better um, Ryan had mentioned to me before the show and I'll, I'll, I'll put this on to you is, is Ryan th- thinks that there's a handful of guys in the league like you said that, could, that can replicate I think we've talked about way on like what do you think Ryan like Jordan Clarkson there's another guy. there's guys I mean, that I've brought up before. Jordan Clarkson, uh, Evan Fournier. I think even having a guy like Joe Harris, who's bigger, um, to come in and make shooting. Uh, who else is there? There's just new. If I bring up the list, I can. There's a lot of guys like Tim Hardaway. There's another one who I think's probably he's even better than than Bogdanovich. Um, so there's a couple guys off the top of my head that can come in and do what Bogdanovich does, probably even better at a better pace. All three of those guys I think had better three point shooting percentage than Bogdanovich just did this year, and they're more athletic. They are going to play a little bit more defense. At least Joe Harris can come and play, uh, you know, a backup three position for for HB. He can guard the four at times. So that's, that's just, that's where it is. Let me ask you guys this. I'll pose this question twofold. Um, You know, do you think Bogey is going to get any better than he is right now? And the second piece of that is I agree, you know, shooting from a shooting standpoint, from a defense standpoint, we can replace that. Can we replace Bogey being somebody that can take the ball out of Fox's hand, set people up? Is that something that we would miss, you know, as a Kings organization not having bogey be able to do that run with the second unit take the ball out of fox's hands not make him go iso 24 7 in the games i i think that see personally i think his his playmaking is a bit overrated that that's my take i i don't i think it's a bit overrated because he um yes he can handle he can handle the ball and he can move the ball but i don't know i don't know how much of a playmaker he is i mean if, how many guys in the league now are combo guards there's so many of them there's so many guys who are these who are forwards who can handle the ball um, I, I don't, I, and I think that the, the Kings need to probably play in a more, f- and they're trying to play in a more free flowing offense where the ball's moving constantly anyway, where you don't ne- necessarily need this centric player to hold on and distribute. And I, th- I do think he could be replaced in, in that, you know, um, Ryan, what do you think about that? I, I think that Sacramento would have to bring in a better backup point guard. Corey Joseph's not going to cut it. And that contract's terrible. And Eric talks about it all the time anyway. So I think if they did move, McDonavich, I think bringing in a backup point guard, uh, somebody like DJ Augustine, who's available, who's a veteran guy who has played well in, in certain points of his career. Um, somebody like that, that could come in and, you know, distribute the ball and 
you know, God forbid Fox goes down, somebody who could step in and take more of a starting role for a few games. That's where Sacramento fell off last year is when Fox got hurt, then they had to bring in Corey Joseph. Sacramento won a few games. It was like five of seven or something. People started losing their minds that Corey Joseph was so great. And, you know, everything comes back to the, to the norm. Um, Sacramento went in a deep rut last year with Corey Joseph playing. And, you know, I, I've seen a lot of stuff that people are – comparing Kojo to Buddy and saying they'd rather have Kojo because of his defensive prowess and all that stuff. And to me, it's just fake, dude. I think Sacramento needs to bring in a better point guard. They have to. Same same question back to you, Casey. I mean, you think that that's his his playmaking is so valuable that uh, that it will be like it'll be noticeable next year? Or what do you think? No, I don't. You know, it's something that I've I've seen brought up in the Kings group, so I wanted to pose the question to you guys. But no, I, I I'm I'm with you. I, I think that it's replaceable. Uh, there are people out there that can come in and handle the ball. You know, it's it's kind of unique for him to be um, a three and be able to handle the ball and and shoot. Uh, you know, obviously we'd like him to play better defense, but no, I agree with you guys. I, I think it was um, it was tough with with Kojo being the guy last year, and it's it's funny you bring that up, right? You know, looking back and us winning a couple games with, with him as our point guard. Um, some of the fans were like, we can move Fox, you know, Kojo's good enough to be the starting point guard is a, is a complete overreaction. And, you know, as time went on, you guys, you got to give it more than five games to, to see how that looks. And that was not the answer for us. So I, yeah, I agree with us. He makes a lot of money. I think it might be hard to move his contract. I don't know somebody that is going to be that willing to take that 12 mil a year for a backup point guard. It is a lot. It is a lot. They did. They do overpay for him. Um, you kind of some of the points you're making. It, it sounds like, and you tell me what you think. Because I have this theory, right? I have this theory that Kings fans in general don't really watch the entire NBA like regularly. That's kind of my. That's my. That's my thought. It's my theory, right? They don't watch the NBA regularly, so they're so hyper focused on the Kings that they see these guys come in for the Kings and play well, and they think that they're great and they got to keep them and, and people like to fall in love with them because they don't really see that there are number of other guys around the league that do the same exact thing for less, better value, whatever can or more versatile or even, you know, that's my, that's my take. And so that's why when you see Rashawn Holmes, for example, he's a good example where Rashawn Holmes came in this year. He was a bench player prior to coming here. He comes here. He puts on, he puts up decent stats, you know, Ryan, I don't know. You guys, you guys can tell me off the top, 12 13 six or seven rebounds you know which is good but it's not game breaking he's getting mvp chance and people are talking about matt george from khdk i have a tweet saved from him he really put that rashawn holmes is untradeable and it's that mentality where people fall in love with these specific players be like to him or the or the bogdanoviches because they don't watch the entire nba and they can't compare value production etc is that is that fair or am i just being mean to everybody I think that's very fair. I'd say half the fan base doesn't watch other teams. And that's when you, when you lose for so long, fans fall in love with guys that come in and bust their ass. And that's why people absolutely have loved Baysmore this year. They loved Holmes this year. It's because guys that come in and, and really try to change the culture and bring that attitude, uh, fans fall in love with. And, and I get it. But at the same time, you got to be able to weigh that versus other players in the league. And I don't think a lot of Kings fans like you said, watch other teams that much. Um, I've always been somebody that, you know, I have two TVs in my game room upstairs, right? I got two NBA games on at all time. I keep one muted, but I'm always watching. You know, I got a couple fantasy leagues going. Um, I'm the stat nerd, right? I, I love 
I love looking at numbers, looking at seeing how people are producing on different teams in different areas. And stemming from that, you know, one of the biggest things that I think Kings fans miss is when we bring somebody to Sacramento who's played well in the past and they come to Sacramento and they don't play as well. You know, the question is why? You know, to me, it's always been it's the supporting cast around them, right? You take a, uh, an average role player and you send them to the Warriors or you send them to Portland or you send them to Milwaukee. They're going to play well, man. They're going to play good next to star players because defenses have to focus more on those star players. So they're going to get a lot more open looks. They're going to look like a better player compared to when they come to Sacramento and they're now the second or third or fourth option in the rotation. You're just not going to get as many open shots. I, I've said repeatedly something with Buddy Heald. You know, if, if we trade Buddy and he goes to a team like Brooklyn where he's sitting next to Kyrie Irving and KD, imagine what his percentages are going to be getting open looks all day next to those guys. He's going to kill it. He's going to be one of the best three-point shooters in the league. And, and, and he already is. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up, man, about guys going other places and producing. Because I even said that earlier on in the pod with Bogdanovich. You know, he can go to Milwaukee and average 17 a game, no problem. And people are going to come back and say, well, look what we did. We made, we made a mistake. No, we didn't. He's maxed out his potential with us. And then the, the same thing with Buddy Heald. Eric's brought this up. Can you imagine Buddy Heald with Golden State? Holy crap. The, the, or him and him with Houston, the amount of open looks that he would get. Um, so I, I also want to bring up something too, is Sacramento Kings fans, it's, it's the opposite too. They need to be a, uh, you know, aware of guys who played good somewhere else and came into us. I saw a post on Benchmob about Christian Wood, and there's been a lot of hype, you know, and I think uh, Cowbell Kingdom actually brought this up. And there's hype on, oh, I would, I would rather have Christian Wood over Miles Turner. And in my head, I'm sitting there looking, okay, Christian Wood, 25-year-old, who's had a decent year, but on a very bad team to where he got some minutes and he played a lot. You know, when you come to Sacramento, he would be forced in a, in, you know, to play around Rashawn Holmes, a healthy Marvin Bagley, be Elisa. His minutes aren't going to be there. So is he going to be that effective stat-wise? Um, so that's just an example of, you know, guys coming in this way. And I, that's been, I got in kind of a little tussle this week on Benchmob about Christian Wood. So I really wanted to point that out. Um, Guys' stats tend to get inflated on bad teams. Um, there is exceptions like Bogdanovich going somewhere, you know, Buddy being a shooter, going somewhere and being better. But, yeah, you hit it right on the head, man. Um, that's we, – we can talk briefly, Casey. I've, I've seen some of your posts, and I, I want to say you might disagree with us on this, I, I, but you let us know. Um, you know, the Miles Turner thing circulates a lot in, in the Kings land chatter, uh, and it's – it you know, there's there's been – I was talking with, with Leo from Cowbell Kingdom the other day about it. And, you know, I, it's not that we're necessarily – Ryan and I are, like, pounding the table. We need to get Miles Turner, but we like the upside. We like he's young. We like the production. We think it's a good fit. And, um, you know, we're, we, we, think it, we think it was something that could work out. But um, it, he is making $18 million and that seems to be the counter to it. Some people think it's, it's uh, not a smart move. You seem like you're, you're pretty knowledgeable at the cap and things like that. What's your take on Miles Turner? So, you know, I love the fit, right? I, I love that we, we would have a big that can stretch the floor, be able to hit, you know, a three if he's open, um, as well as somebody that can defend the rim. So from a skill standpoint, I love Miles Turner. I've always been a fan of him. Uh, you know, my pushback with Miles Turner and going and getting him, it's, it's twofold, really. Yes, he does make a lot of money. I, I don't think it's something that's ridiculous. And I think he has a couple of years left on his contract, which is all. So he's not going to be somebody that, you know, absolutely kills our salary cap for the next couple of years. Um, 
you know, but at the same time, he has not gotten any better to me. He's somebody that has come in the league and been a 14 and seven player with a couple blocks a game the entire time he's been in the league. I would just have liked to see him take a step forward. And I, you know, I've had a lot of people counter me with, well, Sabonis is on the team. Sabonis has hindered some of that production. If he comes to Sacramento, he could, he could take that step forward that you've wanted to see and you haven't seen. And, and, you know, maybe those people are right. Um, but for me, I just wish he would have developed more in the time he's been in the league. He's still 24. He has time to do that, but it's, it's a, it's a potential play for the Kings to sign him. And I think we have enough guys right now that we're banking on potential and I'd rather see us go get a more proven, you know, veteran player. Can we do that? I don't know, but that's what I want to see. I like that you said that right there. And I'm going to, I'm going to follow up on what you tailed off, but I'm going to, I will just comment real quick about this, about miles Turner. I have like this theory that, um, you know, players that are one and done, they come into the league so young. It seems that they're, it's taking them um, a, quite a bit of time, like four to five years to then, to then actually take that next step. And I would say that's very consistent on the higher end with big men outside of like, you know, Zion and like big, big guys, big, big guys, you know, who physically can hang. Um, so part of the, part of the thing is when you're the Kings and, and you're not going to attract these, these big time free agents and you know, they, they seem to have not been very lucky in the draft. Sometimes you, if you have a guy who I think his floor is what you, what you said, like the 14 and seven with the two blocks. I mean, he, you tell me, is he like a top five shot blocker? I, he's up there, right? Or he's, he's, he's in the conversation. Yeah. Yeah. I'd and, say he's definitely in the conversation. And I think he's kind of funny in his, that he can, he kind of can stretch the floor. His three point shooting is decent for his size. So I think that the, the risk for the upside, and like you said, the, the short term, I think three years maybe on the contract doesn't lock them up too much. It would, it would, I've said it does hinder them short, short term with the cap. It does like the next two years. Um, so Miles, Tur- Miles Turner's got three years left at 18 mil every single year. Okay. Um, my comparison for Miles Turner is Brooke Lopez. Okay. A lot of people love Brooke Lopez, his shot blocking ability, seven footer, being able to shoot three point stats are very similar. Miles Turner's a better rebounder. Uh, they both shot 34% from the three point line this year. So that is, you know, and, and Milwaukee paid that guy almost 13 million, I believe this year. And he's what, 34, 35. So for me to take a, take a chance on somebody who's 10 years younger than that, um, in the about to enter the prime of his career. And it's something that Sacramento's lacked for so long is shot blocking. You know, a lot of people talk about Rashawn Holmes being a rim protector. Nah, not really. Miles Turner's a legit rim protector that we could bring in. And like Casey said, it's the fit that counts. So I, I would be willing to, to take on that 18 million. Granted, you're going to have to pay somebody to take that on. So it would take for us to get Miles Turner, it would take, you know, I'd be comfortable giving Corey Joseph the 12th pick. I know people are going to hate that, but I'm in the, I'm very much in the place of trade the pick because Sacramento's terrible at drafting. The proof's in the pudding, dude. We haven't drafted anybody. So I would be, you know, if you want to pay Indiana, Corey Joseph and that 12th pick, throw in the second rounders, who gives a shit? Bring back a guy and that's how you offset your cost right there. So I think we're about to go down in and I want to put the question out there because I was going to ask Casey this, Ryan, and you, and you can go in. Um, there's different theories on, on what, what you should do, Casey, right? So, um, and you kind of said, you said your bit, Ryan said his bit about, the, about trading the pick. So there's, there is the let's take on bad contracts for assets for, for the next two years and just be bad approach. There is the uh, trade young assets for veteran assets to try to make a run now. 
Um, there is a just keep the team here, um, draft the player and fill the roster and try to roll out there with the same squad next year. There's these different approaches on what the Kings should take. Um, what do you, what do you think that the best thing right now is to do is to do? I'm pretty middle ground with it, right? I, I'd love to trade a pick and a player and try to upgrade at a position. Uh, my biggest thing looking at this situation and how we need to go about it is we need to prepare ourselves to be good enough to where Deer and Fox is going to want to resign when that time comes. My biggest fear is that if we try to go into a rebuild and trade assets for picks right now, like a lot of fans want to do, then our win totals are only going to go down and Deer and Fox is looking at that. And, you know, if I'm him in that situation, when I'm a free agent and I'm looking at a team that's only been getting worse over the last couple of years that is trying to rebuild, is that where I want to be? You know, I, I wouldn't want to be. I'd go somewhere else where I have a chance to win. You know, careers are short with, a, with the amount of injuries that are happening nowadays. You just never know. So I, I would be wanting to be in a win-now situation. And I, I don't want to trade every draft pick we have and absolutely ruin the future for the Kings. You know, I'm not one of those, but at the same time, you know, we need to be showing our players that we're in a position that we're trying to win now, you know, have people buy into that. And for me, the best situation that we can be in to want to get people to come to Sacramento is to win. You know, there's no, there's not going to be any other situation that makes people want to come to Sacramento unless we're somewhat in the playoff contention. You know, I think once we get there, we can sign a player and that's all it takes, maybe one or two years of that. So I, I want to win now. You know, I'm with you guys. Trade the pick. Um, but we don't have to trade multiple f- uh, future first rounders to win now. You know, don't, don't ruin the future. Uh, but we got to show our guys that this is the time. And, and we were so close last year. Fans, you know, they, they get into this area where we got to rebuild. You know, we'll never make the playoffs three games out of the playoffs last year. That, that was, we were so close. I don't know why we would pull the plug. I'd like to run it back with the same group. Uh, try to upgrade a position or two and hopefully we can stay healthy. You know, that's three games out of the playoffs with as many injuries as we had. We got a chance to make this thing guys. And, and I don't want to see us hit the reset button like we did with, with Boogie a couple of years ago. I think we were right there. So um, I don't want to do that again. I'm not ready to rebuild. Yeah. So two points that you made right there is being healthy and then not leveraging your future um, to, you know, to win now. That's why, you know, Sacramento messed up with DeMarcus Cousins because they didn't take care of their superstar. We've talked about it week in and week out. You, you made a good point. You got to take care of DeMarcus Cousins. Um, I've also seen a lot of stuff about people saying, hey, we need to move Bagley. All right. When Bagley's healthy, okay, me and Eric have been on this train all year. If Bagley is healthy, Bagley is going to be a borderline uh, every year all-star, perennial all-star. I really believe that. He's that talented. Um, and you said Sacramento was close. Upgrading a position, yes. Bagley being healthy, another year of Jaron Fox. The team is real close, and people do have to realize that. And that's why I think I'm in such a, uh, you know, on on board with trading that pick because if Sacramento could just bring one guy who does something that we don't do, um, like shot blocking or a wing defender, Sacramento can make it this year. They are that close, man. I'm glad you said that. Well, and in, in looking back at last year, that the December was so bad. There, if you go look at their at the schedule, how many games they lost, and even you know, Darren Fox was out, Bagley was out, and even when Fox came back, they lost a lot of games, and and they really didn't click until they got rid of until they really got rid of Deadman, and really when they traded Ariza, and that, that lineup just kind of became more healthy is when they started to click more. Um, so I do think that they have good things in place here, and I think that's why this off season is just so. It's so interesting and polarizing among all of us Kings fans because um, 
it, they're really they're choosing the direction now for the next couple years you know because if they do take that approach like you like you said where we don't want where they want to completely rebuild they're going to end up firing walton next summer they're going to be in a worse position um one year from today than they are today and that's not a good place to be and i mean i that's why i always put it out there to people like how much more losing can we take i it's hard it's really it's it's a winter league. It's dark. It's like, God, Jesus, you know, I'm already depressed as it is. I don't need to sit here and watch this team suck as it, you know, every, every night. So it, it's, it's one of those things like they, that's why Ryan and I are such advocates for trading the pick and just making a couple smart cap moves to that'll improve them now. And, and realistically, the Pacific division is tough and the entire Western conference is tough. It's going to be a battle. You know, they're going to be on – they might really – I don't know at this point if I think that they're going to make it next year, but if they can be a little bit better, um, it'll, it'll put them in a position a year from now to then start making move over move over move, and then in two or three years from now, then they're that steady team that we all like, you know. Um, but, they're, but I will say, Ryan and I, you know, there's a part of us that want them to swing for the fences too just to get over that hump. But I don't know if, I don't know if it's the smartest move because it, it's swinging for the fences would mortgage a future, you know. Well, yeah, let me ask you guys this. I, I just looked it up. The last two 12 number one picks, or the, the last two 12 first round picks are Miles Bridges and PJ Washington. Okay, good players. They're not bad by any means, but we bring those guys in. Do they make a difference to us in the next three or four years? No, and I'm glad you asked that, dude. dude that's, that's where I'm at with it. It's like the 12th pick realistically in a draft that isn't that strong. It's very, very top heavy. Outside the, the top three guys, um, I don't think anybody else realistically can make an impact you know there is certain guys you know you find a donovan mitchell you find guys like that a devin booker a few years ago but realistically with sacramento's drafting track record okay and us trying to take care of darren fox you go with the sure thing you go with the let's protect our superstar let's get tougher let's get defenders so you know and and all these young guys everybody knows they don't play defense dude they're 19 years old. Their bodies aren't developed. They can't play a full 82 games. These guys aren't going to come out and defend night in and night out. Yeah, it's, it's a skinny gene league, man. Uh, you know, I, I compare um, this, this Kings draft to the Houston Rockets back in the day and see if you guys remember this. Uh, the Houston Rockets drafted the rights to Rudy Gay when Rudy Gay was coming out of college. Um, and they ended up trading that pick for Shane Battier. Um, and, and giving it up. And, and Rudy Gay was, you know, Rudy Gay, we all know Rudy Gay played for the, he's athletic, he's 6'8", he, he was good in college, but that was a team that was trying to win. They were trying to be steady, and they, they, they decided that a young wing player wasn't going to do it for them. So they went out and traded for a, a real solid specialist who could, shoot, who could spot up, shoot, and really play defense. And that's, that's kind of the 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 trade I would like to see for the Kings. And that's why, you know, I, it, maybe it's Miles Turner. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's Aaron Gordon. I, I don't know who it is. Well, you know, we could, we can figure that out over the next couple months and we can all talk about it on the bench mob, but that's what I would like to see for this year. It's let's get, like Ryan said, let's get that guy that can help us now that does what, that fills the gap that we need right now. Um, and then we'll worry about it next year. Hey, to be fair, that Houston team, wasn't T-Mac on there? And, like, didn't they have Yao Ming and Katino Mobley? Like, come on, bro. That team was close, dude. Like, the, you know, if T-Mac don't get hurt and Yao Ming don't get hurt, you're, you might be talking about, you know, championships with that team. So, 
uh, I like the comparison, but let's be real, dude. Well, I'm not saying that they're the, they're the Rockets of that year. I'm just saying the the strategy I got is you. what is what I'm looking I got you. at. I'm, but it's, I, easy, I, it's come on easier now. to trade. It's easier to trade that pick, dude, when you're consistently in the playoffs. You're winning 50 games, and Don't you do pick. have the best score. You know what I mean? Like T Mac was the man. That's my favorite player of all time, dude. Like, come on, dude. Yeah, we, we, we have Casey on, and we have to give him the opportunity to talk about Buddy because Ryan and I went, like we said, the, check it out, the Kingsland Conspiracy and the defense of Buddy Heald. So it, clearly by that title, you know where Ryan and I stand. Casey, um, I know you got a chance to listen to it. Um, if you, you can just comment on Buddy Hield and just anything you want to say out, on, on him. Yeah, yeah. so, you know, I, I was actually put in an interesting situation last week where I had a friend reach out to me and say, hey, look, man, I wanted to share some information with you that I got. And I know that you, you know, run this Kings group online. I want, I, want, I want you to post it in it and see what everybody says. But he pretty much came to me and said, I have some inside information of somebody that hangs out with Buddy on a regular basis uh, that says that he is not shy at all about talking about wanting to be traded from the Kings and, you know, having some ill will, Ill will towards Sacramento. Um, and that was something that kind of set me off. And that, that put me as you guys saw, right, into this area of endless uh, trades that I'm putting into the group to seeing what, what people think about trading Buddy. Um, but I'm very back and forth on it, right? I, I, I very much get that Buddy is an elite shooter in the league, something that is very rare. And, and really anybody that's elite at anything, you need to take a look at whether or not you want to give that up. Um, so I see that side of it. I see where you guys are coming from, you know, with your viewpoint of maybe this would be more valuable for us to to salvage the relationship. But I got so wrapped up in the attitude and how that can affect the culture of the Kings. And especially for a young team with a first year, second year head coach now going into the next season, somebody that comes in, somebody that's the leading scorer or close to the leading scorer comes in and has a bad attitude and doesn't want to work hard. I'm so worried that that is contagious and can absolutely ruin a culture for a team. So I know that you guys feel a little bit different about that. I, I know that, you know, the attitude wasn't something that you think was unsalvageable. You think it can be fixed and maybe it can be if he's moved back into the starting spot. But to me, it's, I'm just so worried about that aspect of it and ruining a young team. And then we're not in a position where we can ask, do we want to rebuild? We have to. So all due respect to your boy, who's got the inside sources until I see it come across Bleacher Report that Buddy Hill has requested a trade, I'm not listening to none of it. Do you hear that with players all the time? And I'm sure Buddy and his friend group is fucking pissed because you said it earlier. I, if you were Darren Fox, you would want to be in, you know, they put you in a crap situation. You want to leave too. I would want to leave too. But Eric has pointed this out. Buddy has zero leverage. Okay. So if Buddy comes out this year, they use him correctly and he has a career year, times are going to change. Look where he was last year compared to this year. Last year, everybody, oh, Buddy's in the gym. He's working hard. Buddy wears that 24 for Kobe. He's got that Mamba mentality. He's our best player. So in 11 months, look how things have changed. And I'm just, until I see it come across, uh, come across Bleacher Report and him publicly come out and say, yeah, I don't want to be here. This place fucking sucks salvage it dude because he's elite shooter uh you said it earlier he's got more three-pointers through his first three years than anybody else that's got value so people you know sit back and look at it from you know management perspective uh he has no leverage he's this good we're gonna make him play for us and i until he comes out publicly and starts ruining us we gotta roll with it i think that casey i'll ask you this because um if 
you know, like Ryan and I have, we repeatedly say, we're not these insider guys. I mean, dude, we're just, we're all chilling at home right now. You know, I'm going to do my lawns after this, right? So who <laughs> am I? But um, if what you're saying is correct and he is pissed off and he's outspoken around the team around it, is it um, in the Kings position where they have a guy locked in, guaranteed four years off a fresh contract that's de-escalating, that is valuable to the team, that they feel that they can salvage, is it worth sacrificing and selling him off for a little bit less for that? Because I think that is, I don't know if that's how you feel, but I know that people feel that like that because I get that in the comments and in the discussions where we need to cut our losses and we need to move on now before it's too late. And, in, and when you're, when you have an asset and you're a small market team that, that needs assets, you can't afford to just cut, cut bait. You need to make sure you're getting equal value both ways back. So that's why I kind of put it to you and, and address that if that's how you feel and address that comment on how you feel about the comments from people. Yeah, to me, it has to be, if we were to move him, it has to be a move where we get better. It can't be, we trade buddy for a player that is not as good as buddy in a draft pick. So like, that's not what I want to do at all. If there is a buddy move, um, which I'm definitely open to for the reasons that I had said before, it's got to be buddy. And I want it to be our pick uh, to upgrade and get a better player than buddy. Um, you know, you, you bring up a good point. Is his value lower right now to where we couldn't get that? Maybe, but I think in a league where, three-point shooting is so valuable that he's going to have some value to certain teams. And if I were a team like Brooklyn, I, would, I wouldn't hesitate to give us Karis LeVert in a draft pick for him. And to me, that's where we can get better with a move like that. Um, to be able to put Buddy Heald next to, like I said before, a, a Kyrie and a KD, I would be trying to do that. I would be trying to put a shooter as good as Buddy Heald next to them. And that's where a, t a team like that, he can have some value. So I'm open to trading and getting better. I'm not open to trading for a player that's worse. Um, and then adding a draft pick, that, that's not the move for me. And that's where my, I, I put it back to people because, um, and I'll say it now, uh, you know, we've, we've said it a bunch, but I'll say it again, all right? And I, I, I'll trade, I'm open to trading anybody on the Kings, really. I'm open to trading anybody besides De'Aaron Fox and Bagley, but I'll trade Bagley if it means like somebody, if it means something crazy. I'm even open to that. So I'm not even writing that off, but if I'm the Kings, I would look at my entire roster outside of those two and see what you can get for them. Because the people say, well, we can get back. I, I addressed this the other day. Like People want maybe my, want a more versatile player in return, a two-way player or somebody who does the same thing that doesn't have the attitude. And, and people like cite Zach Levine, which we would all love Zach Levine. I, we love him. We, we think it would be great, and we totally would do it. But that's why I kind of put it out there and that that's not always available, right? Like it, it takes the other team to want to give up on that player as well because, and then, and then get Buddy Hill back. Um, I'm just afraid that the, when people say the statement that we need to move off of him now before it's too late or just cut our losses, that means that that 24 million contract going to be cut up into a bunch of smaller little bench contracts with a little pick thrown in. And that's pretty much what you're getting in return. I realistically think that's more the scenario than the Kings actually getting back like a real legitimate swap asset, you know, and, and that's kind of where I'm just being real about it. So um, I feel the same way. If somebody great comes back, I'm open to it for sure. But I just don't, I don't see it right now, but we, I could be wrong. We could all be wrong. Random thought about the Brooklyn thing. If, if Buddy really has that bad of an attitude, can you imagine Kevin Durant, Kyrie, and Buddy healed all together? Hey, I feel bad for Steve Nash, bro. They're not going to listen to that dude for shit. They might, they might win some games, but when they all go down and Buddy, when, when Kevin Durant gets hurt again, Kyrie gets hurt like he usually does, and you got Buddy ru running around handling the ball like he was this year, dude. That's, a, that's just a, a recipe for disaster. 
Um, Casey, I'm going to, we're getting, we're getting close. We're pushing. I'm honestly, man, I'm having a lot of fun. It's been great having you on here, dude. Um, I wanted to put it out there. And is there anything that, that you want, the, you want to talk about pose? You want to pose a question out to, to us that you've been seeing out there, any topic that that's really hot that you want to, you want to touch on? Uh, to me, it's, it's, I think it's been with the new GM in here. The question has been what, what is Monty McNair going to do? You know, what, what direction is he going to go? We've talked a lot of, a lot of different areas on a trade with, with Buddy. Do we re-sign Bogey? Um, to me, the, the main topic of conversation in Kingsland has really been, you know, what is Monty McNair's first move going to be? So I, I posed a couple questions to you guys, and I'll answer the question myself or to the bench mob, but I'll pose it to you guys right now is, you know, if you were Monty McNair, what is your first move? You know, what, what are you guys trying to do? Um, and before I kick it over to you guys, you know, I'll answer that one. Um, for me, it's, you know, it's something we've hit on in the past. It's, it's upgrading. I'd love to see him upgrade bogey in the draft, trade bogey in the draft pick and go get a player like Miles Turner. Um, even, you know, I've talked about, I don't know that he is, is the right, well, he is the right fit. I don't know that he is been getting better. I still think he's worth the risk, especially if we're going to let bogey go and I want to trade the draft pick with that. Um, so I'd love to see Monty McNair make a trade like that. And I'll, I'll pose the, the same question to you guys. What, what's the move that you want to see him make, whether it be a trade or a signing or, or anything? Um, for, uh, me, ahead, for, for, for me, it's not one specific move because I think there's so many options. There really is. Um, and I can ex- I, I'm open to like five different, different routes. Um, to be real general with my statement, I think, number one, I think that – don't overpay bogey like we talked about earlier in the episode and we've talked about all year. Don't, don't overpay him and lock yourself into the cap. Um, and so, and then overall set your, set your team up into a one to two year window where you have cap flexibility, right? That way when a move is available, you can make a move. Um, and then I would like to see them, like I said, trade the pick. Um, and then I would like to see them invest in, in, in getting Bagley on the court and getting these guys solid and, and put them, putting them in the coaching staff in a role to where they can take care of those two young guys. That that's my biggest priority, um, you know, going into the off season. It's not, so it's not necessarily one specific move because I'm open to so many different things. I, I mean, there's, there's Harrison Barnes getting traded. We're open to that because of the contract and if you get something back, um, we're, we're, we're open to getting another center, uh, bringing back Baysmore. I mean, there's Harry, the Harry Giles situation. I'd love to see Harry Giles. So there's so many topics that are just so individual that he's going to address. That's really hard to see, to say exactly what I want right now, but overall cap flexibility, taking care of the young guys, and just setting, putting the Kings in a position where they can go out there and really compete at a level that we think they can at that at that bottom, you know, eighth spot, seventh spot, and kind of compete with those teams. That's what I like to see. I have one simple move, and all I would love if he did this: get rid of that Corey Joseph contract. That's it. Get rid of the contract because then if you do go sign Bogdanovich, it's a little less of a hit. Okay, like even if they do decide to bring him back for like 15, 16 million, at least Corey Joseph's contract's gone this year. Um, and then real quick, I know, Eric, you want to wrap up for you guys. Okay. Scenario. You don't got to expand. You could just say the person's name and then we could talk about it in bench mob later. Bogdanovich leaves. Okay. So say big, somebody signs Bogdanovich and we don't want to match. Who's your number one free agent target. Real Man, quick. Put, just, we're put, you're putting Casey and me on the well, spot. Like me, for me, it's, it's, you go get Jordan Clarkson. That's it. That, that's, that's who I would like Sacramento to see because I don't think he would cost that much money. Uh, and everybody knows, dude, if Jordan Clarkson gets hot, dude, watch out. Like, he's as good as anybody scoring-wise. 
anything? That That's a tough question for me, man. Um, so I, like I've been saying, I want us to go for a home run hit. If we can try to sign a player like Brandon Ingram, you know, that that's what I would like us to I like aim that. for. You I, know, like I, I don't know that that's that realistic. Um, but in a situation like that, you know, like you said, we're open to so many different moves that the Kings can do. If we can sign, if somebody ha- like that has interest and we can sign him, I'd be willing to trade Harrison Barnes or, or make a move uh, to try to get somebody like that. But there's not one person outside of that that I think I want us to target, really. There's not a name out there. It's and I'm I'm the same way, man. I I can't target one specific player right now and have it be like honestly, I could I could stand by it, um, because it's it's all depends on on what's what's going on. I if if anything, Ryan, I could probably answer your question a little bit better in saying, um, on the on the Kings right now of the guys who are free agents, I'll answer that. I would like to see them find a way to keep Baysmore, and if they end up don't not getting a center, I, I would I would like to see them keep, you know keep keep Giles and potentially Lynn, like keeping those guys, those three guys right there. I'd like to see them put the efforts into them because I do think that those guys fit well and could play well. All right. Well, real quick guys, I just brought it up because I'm, I'm sitting here, I'm trying to think through all the free agents that are out there and I'm, I'm like drawing a blank. So I'm just going to rattle off some names. If somebody comes to mind that, you know, you think would, would be the guy that you want to sign, right? Um, Gordon Hayward, DeMar DeRozan, Otto Porter, Andre Drummond, um, Tim Hardaway Jr., Evan Fournier, like those are guys at the top of the list here. Jeremy Grant, mm-hmm. um, Rodney Hood, we kind of went down that route before. But I think those are the top guys that we're really looking at. Um, and I don't know that any of them stand out as, as somebody that I say, I want that guy, you know. But what, I, that I, is, what that is right there is that is you're, you're identifying guys who are veterans, who have contributed, you know the production that are going to be good players for your team and not these just whack-ass bench players. So it's, it, I agree with you in that. Go, don't be afraid to go get a guy that can make that, that impact in the rotation that's bit previously been super good. We've talked about DeMar DeRozan. Um, his contract's weird. He, I think he has an opt-out, I, I want to say. I can't remember. Um, you know, but, yeah, totally open to all that. So, and, um, Casey, I wanted to add, give you opportunity. Anything you want to plug? You know, you're really active out there in Kingsland. Any shout-outs? Anything you want to plug or plug the bench mob? Anything you want to do before we sign off? Yeah, you know, I'll be happy to give the bench mob a shout out and appreciate you guys that have been continuing to do that. You know, we try to to share that back, right, and, and share some King's Cast stuff on, on our group. But, um, you know, shout out to the bench mob, guys. I appreciate everybody that, that goes on there and shares content and interacts. It's, it's been, you know, a group that has really pulled me into the Kings and the Kings family here over the last couple of years. And I can't thank you guys enough for that. You know, I, I make some posts every once in a while about thanking the group and um, you know, truly, guys, I you know I appreciate the interaction on there. So I'm glad that you two are are, are now in the group and and can add some content as well and go back and forth. I you know I love it. It's people in my group you know me and know that I'm somebody that loves to go back and forth with fans. You know, I'm not somebody that is afraid to share my opinion, afraid to argue. I I freaking love arguing with with King fans on there. Um, you know, back up your opinion. I'll change my mind. Just just bring something good to the table. So. Um, you know, appreciate you guys having me on. Appreciate the continual shout outs to the bench mob. We, we look to continue to grow that platform and make it really a, a hub for Kings fans, you know, across Kingsland everywhere. Good stuff, man. And again, yeah, I appreciate that everyone supporting our podcasts. Uh, like I, I said on there uh, about a week ago, we, we might not all agree, but 
you know, like, like Casey said, bring, bring, bring an opinion, back it up, have a take. Like Jim Rome says, don't suck, you know, and it's all fun and games, man. But, uh, hey, guys, we appreciate you listening in. If you ever have a trash take of the week, you can nominate it by tagging us. Um, if you ever have anything you want read on the show, you can just, uh, you know, let us know. If you ever want a shout-out, let us know. You can put it in the bench mob, or you can follow me at KingscastEric on Twitter and Ryan at KingscastRyan on Twitter. Um, and you can stay up to the podcast, stay up to date to the podcast uh, by following our main account at KingsCast. Uh, and then, like I said, uh, to find anything KingsCast, you can find our entire catalog streaming wherever you find your podcasts. So uh, with that, uh, for Ryan, this is Eric. Go Kings. Kings. This episode was brought to you by Ziggy Smoke Shop, 209's headiest smoke shop. Follow them on Instagram at Ziggy Smoke Shop 209 for a view of all of their awesome inventory. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.